0: What's up, everyone? This is It's Called Soccer. The U.S. has just played a game in the World Cup. 1-1 draw with Wales. Ryan's back, everybody. Woo! Ryan is back on the pod. Welcome back. Tom's going to be joining us as well. We have to break down this game. This was a wild game. Blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk. I was so excited and then so stressed, and now I'm coming down off that. But (laughs) before we get into it, Ryan, how did you feel watching that?
1: I mean, this is the culmination of eight years coming to fruition, like for all of us. And I'm sure everybody listening right now has been following this team and every single player week in, week out for the last eight years waiting for this exact, all my only like luxury at work today was I was uh, like TDY. So I, I had to go to Italy for work last week and I was in Italy the entire week, didn't even have internet access. So when I got back to work today, came back to overturn Hill, like had to work through that. And it was like a blessing in disguise because had to work through all that, got, got myself a little distraction, but realistically it was cool. Like the even non-soccer fans, I came into work today, rocking the polo, rocking scarves. I had my Stars and Stripes jacket on. Everybody at work was, was interested in the game. And to be honest, I probably spent the first two, two and a half hours just kind of bullshit work with everybody, trying to get them hyped about the game. So it was just, you know, such an exciting day for all of us fans. Like, th- this was it. We've all been waiting for so long. So really excited going into it. Uh, huge shout out, shout out to Sam. I wish I knew his actual Twitter account. Uh, but a, a local serviceman here in the Kaiserslautern area just kind of reached out to me and said, hey, there's a good part of our squadron, you know, that are going to be watching this game down at a place called Hoppen. Big shout out to Costas. I know he's not going to be listening to this, but the owner of the bar that they, they're typically closed on Monday, but that Kaiser Slaughter area opened their bar strictly for Americans to come in and watch the game today. Uh, and we had a good turnout. We had probably 45 to 50 people there. So energy was high. Everyone was pumped up. That first 15 minutes we'll talk about, you know, super exciting. It was just, it was eight years coming to this and I'm just incredibly to, you know, not get the result we wanted, but I'm also not terribly disappointed with the way it turned out. I mean, how are, how are you feeling after getting that one one result? Did it feel like eight years was worth it for this moment?
0: I mean, first things first, it has to be said, that was a fun game to watch and this is why we love the World Cup. Like, it was a great game of soccer. Maybe as a neutral, you're you're feeling like the U.S. was pushing for it. They had chances in that first half. The second half comes along. Wales makes some changes. The U.S. lags a little bit in energy. The game comes back alive, and it ends probably evenly. I would say the U.S. was a better team for the majority of that match. But at the same time, just like I, I don't remember ever since... You know 2014 feeling that level of stress and just like go just having my body painted on like this with my hands behind my head just i don't know i didn't want to watch at times i didn't know what to do with my hands or my face or my eyes like that's why the world cup is amazing and i love this sport but at the same time 1-1 has to feel disappointing if you're a u.s fan it's not the end of the world and for that, I'm going to pass it to Tom because he's going to give the statistics that make us feel maybe a little bit better than, than what this feels like emotionally. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, and obviously the best sport in the world, soccer. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts please gamble responsibly honestly emotionally
2: Tom. i i feel great like out of hair. <laughs> <laughs> i a I, of- I know that like it's gonna feel bad in the moment because we definitely could have won that game but if you look at the xg numbers we were about even matt turner had to make a really good save on a corner kick that if he doesn't make it ends up 1-1 regardless of the zimmerman error We generated some good chances, like the almost own goal that won't be counted in those stats that we played pretty well on. Um, The possession numbers were great. We didn't really let them play in transition a lot, which was what everyone was really worried about going into the game. So honestly, the numbers look great. You look at the stats, basically nothing changes for us. The odds are still the exact same as they were. Wales and Iran still have to play. We still have to play Iran. We still both get a crack at England. The results basically now come down to how do we do against common opponents? And I think we can do well. I don't think that this is the end of the world.
0: So, so let's lay it out before we dive into the specifics of the game, Tom. So the table is as such. England is on three points with a four goal, uh, goal difference. Wales and the U.S. is on one point each. And then Iran is in last place right now with zero points and a negative four goal difference. What did the England-Iran result do for the U.S. chances to go through? It, if any,
2: didn't change it very much. It just slightly increased them because Iran cratered um, essentially the U S and Wales both benefited equally from it. They both have exactly the same odds to go through now, but Iran basically is out. They, you, no one comes back from losing your first game by four goals. It just doesn't happen. So factor out Iran, they're going to be done. They'll play hard for the rest of the tournament. I hope, but <laughs> they're pretty much done. It just comes down to the U S and Wales now for that second spot. And because, Basically, we're separated by zero ELO points. No model is going to tell you that either team is going to uh, be favored over the other.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this game then. Uh, First of all, the U.S. comes out. Guns a-blazing. Has tons of possession. The chances are there. In the eighth minute, Timothy Weah takes a beautiful touch. Volleys a cross in. And the Wales defender almost puts it in his own net. It's fumbled by Hennessy goes back out, gets recycled. Robinson goes to the byline and crosses it in. Josh Sargent with a glancing header just hits it off the post. That is kind of the signal that the game has started, that the U.S. is serious. I've talked to, to a lot of fans, and I've met a lot of fans being in London for the last few years that have really underestimated this U.S. team. And I see comments on even the preview that I just did yesterday, all these comments from Welsh fans, European fans, that, the U.S. can't score. Welsh, the Wales team is going to destroy us 3-1, 4-1. And the tempo was set in that first 10 minutes that the U.S. was probably going to be the better team for the majority of that game. Where were you guys when when that way a chance came in, the The ball gets deflected by the keeper, and then Josh Sargent, yeah, comes and deflects it off the post?
2: I was laying on the ground of the American Outlaws Chattanooga bar with my head in my hands, literally. <laughs> I was right, so, so upset we missed that chance.
0: That's how Tom felt. Ryan, where were you? You were also in a bar. Were you on laying on the ground? I, I mean I
1: go full on own position to the ground. Uh i maybe I don't know how you were posting that, Tom. Uh but you know, I, I definitely was the probably the only person on my feet the entire match. I mean I, I couldn't sit down. Uh, I always have a bad habit of biting my fingernails, but it's even significantly worse at this point. Uh, I, I probably but I knew coming into the game with Wales going to bunker that an early goal was essential. that would have changed the entire game. If that goes, if that goes in and I still think even us getting the first goal played a very significant role into the dominance that we had throughout the first 45 minutes for sure. Uh, so Everything we wanted. I mean, that that first 45 minutes tactically with Wales sitting back, we looked very, very comfortable as the team in position. We'll get later on into when we're not the team in possession, if that worries us a little. I don't know that we adjusted quite appropriately. Um, But, you know, overall, that first 45 minutes and especially that first 15, it, it felt like 2014 all over again. I felt like, you know, we were going to get that magic goal in the first, you know, 10 minutes, get us off to that hot hot start and be pumped up for the next 45 to 90 for sure.
0: Yeah, around minute 20, it was kind of like we needed to get a goal because we were pushing for it. And you knew if that didn't come, the game was going to get a lot tighter. I thought, interestingly enough, we were doing well with breaking lines from our defenders. We were covering, like you said, Ryan, even though we were pushing numbers forward, we weren't really getting caught out on those counterattacks. I thought that Tyler Adams and all three of the midfielders really plugged the holes really well when the fullbacks pushed up. And that helped us be composed when Wales got a long ball, but it was also uh, befuddling to me, especially thinking about that second half that Kiefer Moore didn't play a larger part in the starting 11 for Wales, because there wasn't really a player to hold up the ball to, to really set Wales up to get a counterattack in the first place. And that played right into the US's hands, but, the Weya goal was was excellent. Started because Josh Sargent was able to hold up the ball. Pulisic takes two or three nice touches, plays a perfectly timed end, just right in the stride of Timothy Weah, dinks it over the keeper and the, the outstretched uh leg of the defender. Just beautiful all around. What was the atmosphere like for you guys in, in those bars when Weah scored that goal?
2: Dude, it was electric.
1: Man, uh, so there was, Dude, like, I, Ryan, there was a group I, again, of Again, I got a tip of the hat. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, like, yeah. So the, so the whole group I had was a whole bunch of C-130 pilots coming in. And so these are guys that love adrenaline. And honestly, this is more pumped up than I bet you they are flying C-130s. It was fucking incredible. Like, they were, at, the bar was absolutely going nuts. And it, the really cool thing, too, is that there was a handful of there's a handful of guys there with German mothers or German fathers and American. So we had an awesome congregation of not only those of us that are here living abroad, but also dual nets that live here in Germany that showed out. Like you could definitely tell that there is in here in this Kaiserslautern area. There's a huge group of it. And I'm there, I wouldn't go as far as to say that there were beer showers going on. Uh, you know, shout out to AO Phoenix. There was no beer amid that we constantly build at the AO Phoenix pubs. Uh, they're very big on recycling here in Germany. So they want to make sure that they get all of those bottles and cans back. So and get the 25 cents and, you know, make sure we take care of the world. But you could definitely tell that the energy was just Zero to 100. All these guys absolutely pumped. And then even the lay fans. I brought four or five people from Public Health Command out there that are not avid soccer fans. One guy is your typical contending American football fan that's from Texas. He went to University of Texas and I even caught him three or four times slapping the table, getting overly excited. So just showed how don't even have to be the typical fan like you and I are, but it even brings the lay fan up to that next level. It was absolutely electric.
0: Yeah, flows happened yeah. in Chattanooga.
2: Dude, it was crazy. So there was a continued of us, all the sort of main like capos and stuff from Chattanooga who just could not stay seated. We just hung out at the very back of the bar pacing the entire time, grabbing onto each other when anything would happen. And that goal happened and we just all, it, the whole place burned down. It was crazy. Um, hugging everyone going running around sprinting it was it was nuts i was i was in my element and it was awesome to see um t- generally had a small community of ao people but we showed out filled a three level bar today and uh, yeah, chance echoing like throughout the whole thing yeah <laughs> singing the national anthem about six seconds too late because we didn't have sound in the upstairs but we were leading the charge but it was it was awesome to see and that goal definitely brought the house down we needed it
0: yeah, amazing. So the the half ends 1-0 in the U.S.'s favor. Wales comes back, puts Kiefer Moore up top, and then changes the entire game plan for both teams. Wales gets a lot more into the game, brings some more energy at the start of that second half. In the 64th minute, Kiefer Moore was open for a header at the six-yard box and just puts it right over the net. That, w- that was kind of like the warning shot for the U.S. that things are about to change. Um, we weathered a little bit of a storm at that moment, but then that foul from Walker Zimmerman on Gareth Bale in the box. Um, Ryan, you were making some comments before we went live about that. I just want you to kind of walk through the, the mindset, thinking about the communication from the keeper, the, the pressure of it all at the World Cup.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that's the first, first point, obviously. You know, tensions are high. Energy is high. Anxiety is high for all these guys. So totally understandable. Matt Murata, appreciate you, man. Love you. Thank you for being on to watch us. But yeah, you know, tensions are super high. So it's understandable that you're going to have people potentially going that extra mile and potentially making a mistake. But, and, and this is not a shot at all at Turner. I just think that what's so essential in that situation, having played keeper, keeper previously, is, you know, that communication. You've got to understand, like, that's a point where Bale has his back to the goal. Like don't dive in, stand him up, stand him up, don't dive. And that communication is so essential. And then if he turns, that's when you got to communicate step. That's when you close that space. But unfortunately, you know, Walker got a little ahead of himself, went in aggressively and it it cost us. So it's, it's unfortunate to see it happen. I'm not putting that specifically on Walker, although he did make the mistake, but you know, as you know, other things could be that Turner's got to communicate that a little bit better and we've just got to understand the moment that's that's an issue that we don't need to dive in in that situation and that was the biggest mistake it cost us so i if mean that's we kind of the forward, inexperience of yeah, the
0: team right like we know there's there's youth everywhere even walker zimmerman who's kind of an i would say <laughs> middle-aged statesman at this point for the us team he still doesn't have world cup experience so i just feel like yes he made an individual error that cost us two points but at the end of the day, like that's probably his first error individually for the US in a US shirt for the yeah. last two years. But
2: I, I think that what I noticed a lot from this game, and I think you can explain the first half difference versus the second half difference, the early yellow cards, the Zimmerman penalty from just a young team extremely amped up on a huge adrenaline rush to play their first World Cup game that clearly like got them through the first half. They were energetic, they were all on one. And then the second half came and that rush was gone and they had to settle in. And you could tell they looked tired for the entire second half and looked like they were struggling to focus a little bit. It's a huge moment. They're going to be excited. They're all young. It's a learning experience. We're watching a young team grow. And so I, I'm i personally fine with it, although I would have liked to see us play better. I think we're going to continue to grow into this tournament.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this comment right here pretty much encapsulates everything that the US fans are feeling right now, which is disappointing winnable game that we missed out on but at the same time tom you said it best is this was essentially an elimination game and we live to fight another day we we play on and we give ourselves a chance to still get out of this group i know that getting three points would have essentially i mean not guaranteed us but 90 plus percent uh you know yeah. to get through on the knockouts based on that england iran yeah. match as well so yeah, if it does feel disappointing because it was so close. We could taste it. It was in our fingertips and it just got dragged out. But at the same time, we live to fight another day and it is not the end of the world. I think all is riding now on this England match. For me, we need to get either a result or lose by one. That's kind of like minimum viability to get through the group. But what did you guys think of when we put out the starting 11, uncharacteristically, this looked like the best starting 11 that Greg has ever put out. Uh, but then moving into the substitutes, which we should talk about after this, but just give me the rundown. Starting 11 comes out. What's the feeling? What's the feeling like?
1: So starting 11, I don't think you can really have any complaints at this point. Greg's going to be in a con- this entire time. We've got the MMA midfield. We've got Gio. We've got Aaronson. We've got Weo, We've got Pulisic. We've got Sargent. Like, how are you going to fit? And I mean, I, I even think Haji, you could throw his name in there. Call me a Euro stop, fucking go for it. I don't care at this point. It's world Cup time. I don't want Ferrer in there. But anyway, I digress. Uh, like Greg's going to honestly always had problem of trying to figure out how to fit all of those pieces in. And honestly, for the first forty-five minutes, he got it right. You can't complain about that. I, anybody that was complaining about Gio potentially being on the right wing, the moment Wea hits that Travella off the outside of his foot and puts it into the side netting. He's been our best winger. If you look at goals that are scored throughout World Cup qualifying that are actually from offensive possession and from play, like open play, he scored three of our four most important goals. So, Weah's got to be in that position. Now, I do want to say, most importantly, whatever you're seeing on Twitter, whatever other but everybody's opinion is, I will tell you right here, right now, I can tell you with 100% certainty, Gio is healthy. Gio is not injured. He does not have a tweak. Anything you're hearing about that is garbage. He is hundred percent healthy and the decision not to play him is hundred percent on Greg.
0: And Ryan does have some trusted connections, by the way, before anyone jumps in the comments and says, blah, blah, how do you know, go check out all of the gifts of players pre uh, world cup and the world cup qualifying to know if Ryan has someone on the inside, uh, letting him know some information, but uh What happened to the substitutes? Because Weston McKinney and Sergio Dest are both on yellows. They're also the two players that weren't ready to go 90 minutes. Weston McKinney substitutes out for Brendan Aronson, which I thought was a good substitute. And Brendan Aronson did play more as an eight. He came back on defense and defended well at times. And then we have a substitution that came with three players, I think, that changed Mm -hmm. at once. It was Haji Wright coming in for Josh Sargent, Kellen Acosta coming in for Yunus Musa, And who was the the third?
2: It was was Yedlin for uh, Yes, Yedlin for which I actually really like the substitution block. I am probably going to be in the minority and think that all the substitutes played really well with the exception of Jordan Morris. I think that you know, you bring on your most experienced veteran player in order to see out the result in your right wing back, in your right winger or right back, excuse me, in DeAndre Yedlin. You bring on <laughs> the best Conca Caffer that we have on the roster in a game that was crying out for a Conca Caffer who ends up making the play of the game. If Acosta doesn't make that foul, Bale scores from half field. I'm convinced of it. And then you bring on. Um, the you bring on who is it? The Haji Wright, who I thought played very well as a target man. who was probably going to be a better substitute than Ferreira if we were ranking our starting striker anyway. So yeah. all three of those are great subs. I thought they all performed pretty well. And tells me that maybe Luca Della Torre is probably not fit.
0: You also have to we're remember front- that at that moment it was one one or one nothing. So yeah. we were protecting a lead with 15 minutes left. Kellen mm-hmm. Acosta does make sense, even if Luca Della Torre is healthy. That's kind of a toss up for me still. Brian, what, and what from, were you going to say? I
1: was just going to say from a Haji Wright standpoint, you could see immediately the very first transition we had into the offensive half, it's about confidence that the players have. And you could see that Pulisic trusts Haji. Whether Pulisic played a little too much hero ball and and you know tried to take a little too much on in the first half, it can be debated, that's fine. But you could see when he's going forward and he knows Haji's out there he has 100% confidence in him. You could see maybe even a little too much on, on the first time that they were transitioning in, he maybe even forced it a little bit. But that type of confidence in our players, we need to have. If we have Pulisic doubting the players that are around him, that's when he goes even further into hero bar, hero ball. So I... I love the connection of Haji out there. I love the faith that the entire team has in him. And I mean, talk about a guy that can bang in goals. We've seen it. It, it. He's definitely a guy that we can include into this roster. And he plays a very significant role. I think Josh can beat up the back line for a long time. And, you know, Haji's no small number nine himself. So it's, it's almost the equivalent of you hear a lot of people talking about Gio going against tired legs or Aaronson going against tired legs. Personally, for me, I would throw Haji in there as well. You have a little bit of a beat up back line and you throw in a silky number nine like Haji Wright that everyone is confident around him. I think he's a great sub. I think the, the sky's the limit really for him going forward in this World Cup. I hope to see him continue to be the substitute number nine with Josh as the starter.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, I love that sub. I thought he played great. It was really exciting to see. And we, he gave us a different look. All of a sudden, those crosses that were paying into Josh Sargent that weren't coming off. Haji was getting heads to them. They weren't on target. Although he had the one really nice glancing header that I thought was going to find the bat, the far post that ended up going wide. But its I, I really like him as addition to the roster. I think that he was a better choice than PFOC to include as this sort of change of pace striker. And it just really really was fun to watch him play.
0: Yeah. I want to uh, talk about this comment, Scully, instead of Yedlin, for sure. It's interesting because before that came out, right, before that sub happened, I'm thinking to myself, Yedlin needs to be in there for his calm presence, for uh, the ability for him to bring that experience of the World Cup. And then what I saw on the pitch, though, was Yedlin was the one that wasn't as up for the game and up for the moment compared to everyone else. And I didn't think he played terribly, but at the same time, every single player that was their first moment, their first uh, debut in the World Cup played well it wasn't like that moment got away from them whereas i feel like when yedlin got on the pitch two or three of his first touches were really wild uh but that to me was kind of like okay yedlin does have the world cup experience but sometimes that doesn't matter if the player is up for it and up for the moment i think what what i'm taking away from this match is that we can play with the big boys we can play our plan a we still need to think about plan b when we're under pressure and at the same time. It doesn't matter how young or inexperienced we are. We can take on anyone on our day and just have those moments like we did in the first half. You could see in the second half that that did kind of kill us. We didn't know how to manage the game, stop and pause some of those moments and just give us a breather. But what are you guys taking away from this match?
1: So I I want to point out two things very directly. In the first 45 minutes, every single chance we had, that we really created was by us playing direct, was by us playing balls over the top. And in the second half, we didn't do a lot of that. We're were getting pressed and we were trying to, you know, play Berhalter ball of playing smoothly and playing through the middle. So I think it's really us to learn from tonight's match of, look, when we're getting pressed and getting pressed high, that's when we need our, you know, our speed merchants to get in behind. Everyone wants to talk about what Wales had to offer as speed merchants. You know, way a, every single time he got in behind was creating chances. So I'd love to see a lot more of that. Uh, and then secondly, the other thing, you know, that everyone's talking about is the Yedlin uh, substitute in and every and a lot of people are pushing for scally. Uh, Other things that I will tell you is Scally in training has been training behind Shaq Moore. And behind DeAndre Edlin at, at both right, left, and right back. If you've been listening to this long time, you've heard me say this multiple times. Greg does not rate Scally. For the sure. so why, it's fucking mind-boggling. It's absolutely ear. And for Scally, I'm with you. I'm a hundred with you. But don't get your hopes up because Greg doesn't see it that way. You
0: are
1: him. He's been behind him. At the time of recording, things could change potentially going forward. But at the time we're recording, not training in. A, you
0: your, know, your Wi-Fi is, is trying really to censor the Wi-Fi. Joe Scally slander. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! It's um, all good so <laughs> I, I.
1: Yeah, no, I was just saying. So in training so far, he's been behind Moore, behind Yedlin on both sides. Even mm-hmm. if we're talking about Scally as a backup left back, expect to see more over Scally. It's really disappointing in my mind. I rate Scally significantly higher, but in Greg's mind, he doesn't see it that way. So we can all sit here and say, we want to see it, but Berhalter is going to Berhalter.
2: I, I think what I'm taking away from this game is that the U S youth has arrived. This was not, if you watch, go back and watch any world cup game the U S has played before. Um, we've played the same sort of bunker ball style that Wales played a sort of, some sort of four-four-two, try and build out and hit quickly on the counter attack. We didn't see that at all today. We were 4 for 4 on attempted back backheels um, coming off. We were hitting these, pain, these perfect crossfield passes. We were lumping these gorgeous through balls into Wea. Wea and Pulisic were hitting these switches that were just fantastic to watch. Adams, McKenney were hitting these beautiful balls up over the top of the Wales back line. We knew that we could just have the ball in possession. That was not an American soccer game that I've ever seen at the World Cup we have arrived we can play with skill we can play with fun enthusiastic styles of soccer I, it was beautiful that's that's the type of soccer that the us is that's the way that we're going to change the way the world views american soccer to take a phrase from greg's book and it was fun to watch i, I it's really encouraging to see us be able to play that style and hopefully we can carry it forward going into the next couple of games
0: yeah I, mean, I, totally, I see a lot I to- of
1: ahead, i totally man. agree with you tom yeah yeah real fast i totally agree with you tom but the one thing that i would like to see going forward especially as we go to take on england is it was clear yes we were very skillful very tactically we it, and we can play that way but it was clear from just you know a first viewing we were the more athletic team we had more speed so as we go on to take england i think we're kind of in that same boat so could we take a little page out of wales this playbook and say, look, go ahead and suck us in a little bit. That's fine. You're the faster team. So go ahead and bait that hook a little bit. And hopefully, we already know if you've watched anything online or listened to any commentator and even watched some of the players, they're cocky. They're going to slap us as we go out there. in. And I'd love to see a little bit as we take on England and then we can go back to exactly what you were saying to playing that dominant possession file spell as we take on Iran.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that makes me a little bit worried about the England match, even if we try and stay back a little bit further, uh, defend a bit deeper, stay more compact when we were put under pressure against Wales, that is really when we started to crumble a little bit. Um, we had Tyler Adams trying to clear the ball with his head at the penalty spot. I really understand that. I know Tyler is good with his head, but it just um, made me a bit worried that with a more capable forward line, which England will have, uh, by the way, whether that is, I mean, we know Harry Kane's going to start at the number nine, but it remains to be seen whether Sterling, Saka, Foden, uh, Grealish, all of these players are world-class and can really punish the U.S. So we need to make sure that if we do play that way, we're a little bit more stable that we don't just completely give the game away that we're ready to break on the counter and get numbers forward. Yeah,
2: I agree. I, I also think that we need to be prepared. Yeah, like that we were really. Um, I, I think we need to be no, prepared ahead, for, um, uh, um, the U England's going to score. I think that that's just a fact of that game that I think they're a very good team. We have a very talented forward line. Like Jake said, I think even if we shore up the back line, we have to expect they're going to find a way around it at least once. But I think goals are there for the taking in that game. And I think that if we do sit back a little bit, we can find, pick our moments and go forward and really, really cause problems for Maguire and Stones, who I don't think are that great as center backs. I don't really rate their midfield that high. So it's going to be a really interesting tactical battle between knowing when to sit back and knowing how to defend well, expecting that, it's going to break down at some point and then going forward and hitting quickly and being ruthless finishing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's talk, let's just finish this out (laughs) from here. Uh, Jordan Morris comes on as the last substitute instead of a, Ryan says, healthy Gio Reyna. What, What was that about? I mean, to me, maybe it says that we're trying to get a little bit more speed and directness onto the pitch and try and play in behind and just steal a goal at the death. But at the same time, Gio Reyna, you have to think, Gives you a little bit more flexibility, whether that's running in behind. He's not slow, uh, even though he looks like it sometimes with the technique of his dribbling. But he's not slow. He can pass the ball into spaces. What was that having Jordan Morris instead of Gio Reyna as the last sub? Or was that a Greg a Greg goof? Just patented. No, I I, I don't
1: think us. else. Uh, you know, we've already we all know that Greg is going to to push for some of his guys, which which is okay, though. I think, honestly, if we need a goal late, the one thing that, in my opinion, and feel free to roast me on this, I'm, I'm game for it, I don't care at this point, but the one benefit that, Ray, or that Morris really brings to this team, as you already stated, Jake, is directness. He can really get in behind, but we've seen certain times throughout his appearances with the U.S. Men's National Team, the dude can definitely win a ball in the air. So if we're going to play for trying to get a last minute goal and try to lump the ball long, Gio's not that guy. Uh, We didn't necessarily play that way. And again, we've all been pushing for them playing more direct. Uh, So would have been to bring Gio in as well, but to try to see it from a Berhalter point of view is Morris does bring a certain level of verticality, which was Greg's two favorite vocabulary word, Day for sure, but he can also win the ball in here. And and that's something that we could have potentially needed. Uh, I, I would love to see Geo start against England. I want to see Musa against England. A couple of these guys that we saw that had opportunities to even potentially play for England. These are guys that are gonna want to show out against this team. I expect big moments next match from Musa, Reina, and Robinson.
0: All right and to follow Berhalter
2: that... Berhalter did say today at the game presser that in the phase of the game we were at we went Jordan who we felt could give us speed and power
0: honestly that's fair I don't agree with it but that is Greg Berhalter and he put in the player that he thought brought them speed and power but I agree with some of these comments if I'm Gio Reyna and I'm yes. one of the most talented players on this team starter or not I'm going to be a little bit pissed that i don't get my world cup debut on a game that could have used me but yeah follow us along subscribe to the channel if you want to cover it the u.s soccer team as we go through the world cup we're going to go through last words now obviously we'll have previews for that game against england it is on black friday this friday at 2 p.m eastern time so get ready for that that is going to be a huge match tom is giggling so i'm going to give you your first last word what do you got tom
2: Dude, I'm just so excited the World Cup is back. This has been awesome. My my semester has not been easy, um, and I just <laughs> needed the stress, stress relief of this. And I didn't really get much of a relief from the stress, but just the fun of having <laughs> the World Cup back and having getting to go and spend time with American Outlaws and watching these games has been awesome. Let's enjoy the ride. I'm, I'm thrilled we got a point. I was so scared we were going to lose that game. We would have been out of the World Cup if we had lost it. We got – the bare minimum job done. We survived game one, so let's take go. our shot at the big guys next game. I we are playing with house money at this point.
0: Got nothing to lose. What do you got, Ryan?
1: Yeah, in true Berhalter fashion. We're still in it by the you know skin of our team. So hey, we're in it. You know that's all that's all you can ask for. Uh, really looking forward to that USA England match. I will be headed to London to watch that match going into the Lion's Den. Ready to go talk some shit, hopefully with a great result. Uh, if anybody else has been following the Twitter account, you saw how poorly that went for me when I went to the Tottenham Fulham match and I got kidney shotted while I was there. But I do have the luxury of going and watching that with a specific US men's national team. It may or may not live in South London. So I will do everything I can to bring you guys kind of the inside scoop of people that uh, I think we all would like to see with men's but unfortunately suffering from a bit of an injury right now so just looking forward to it can't wait till we get to play. had to wait eight years to get to this point but the next four days definitely going to feel like uh you know another eight years
0: (laughs) yeah and as jamie Vardy said he might say to you ryan chat shit get banged so please be safe in london (laughs) when you watch this game But guys, uh, my last word, please subscribe to the channel. You guys have done amazing so far on the tactical preview. We got like over 200 subs from that one video alone. So if you are watching this right now and you are not subscribed to the channel, make sure to do so below. There will be podcasts, previews, and reactions to every single match of this U.S. tournament in the World Cup. Um, We are also trying to raise $5,000 for the Open Goal Project. So scan that QR code at the top if you are interested. It has all the stories, information that you need to know about that. And I will have a tactical uh, breakdown of this game out tonight. Make sure to follow along the pod, the channel. Follow these two on Twitter. I can't miss. Ryan's got all the Geo Reyna inside information. So make sure to do that. And we will see you next time on It's Called Soccer. Thanks for following along live with us. And we'll see you in a few days. Peace. Thanks, yeah. boys. Servus.